Welcome to the Manly Pinterest Tip Show. Show. A show designed to assist man in his quest to succeed on Pinterest. If you have interests in the content you want to share, content you want your clients to see, learn ways to grow and succeed in this unique and exciting world, one man will assist you on your journey. To become a pinner and grow your presence online, men and women can share in the success. And here to show you how is your host, is your host Jeff C. Adding testosterone, one pin at a time. Hello, folks. Welcome to the Manly Pinterest Tips Podcast. I'm Jeff C., and you're not. I'm excited to welcome you to the first episode of the show today. We've got an incredible show. My good friend and blogging expert Mike Alton is here to talk to us about how Pinterest and blogging can work together. Mike is a content marketing consultant at the Social Media Hat who helps businesses understand the connection between blogging, social media, and search engine optimization. He's the author of the unofficial book on Hootsuite and the ultimate guide to writing epic content. This interview is from a live hangout on air that I did with Mike, where our live audience participated by asking questions during the interview. If you'd like to be a part of one of our live shows, make sure to head over to manlypinteresttips.com and join our email community to find out how you can be a part of our live show. So without further ado, here's the interview with Mr. Mike Alton. Mike, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jeff. It is awesome to be here, man. Um, hey, man, thanks for doing this for me. I really appreciate it. Here's what we're going to do today. Here's kind of the format for the show. I'm going to pick, pick Mike's brain with some questions about how blogging and Pinterest kind of work together. And then hopefully we're going to take you know some questions from the live audience. So if you have questions for Mike or uh, some of his answers that we're taught when we're talking back and forth, spawn some questions that you would like answered, you know, go ahead and ask away in the comments, and we'll, we will really try to get to those during the show today. So uh, we'd also love for you to head over to www.manlypinteresttips.com and subscribe to our email community. That way you'll never miss one of these exciting live shows. We'll uh, go ahead and send you an email on that. So if you do that, i really appreciate it. So let's get started, Mike, and dive right in. Here's the first question I'd like to ask you. Now, kind of tell us a little overview of your blogging journey. You know, um, what's exactly your, your background on blogging and kind of why you got started? Sure, sure. Well, it started when I was in a crib, and my mom put a pencil in my tiny little chubby hands, and I started blogging. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> a little little tiny Hercules blogger. No, I um, I started years ago um, when I had my own business, and I started blogging because, like a lot of people, I was told that I should. Uh, I was told that that was the way to add new content uh, to your site and and to kind of get the word out that you know who you were and what you did. And interestingly, I found that I actually really liked to write. And I never really noticed that. Um, I did well in English classes uh, in high school and college. Uh, I was a history major in college and did a lot of writing uh, for those history classes. Um, But never liked it because that was handwriting. And I hate to write by hand. Right. Absolutely hate it. but you put me in front of a computer where I could type and I can massage the language and I can move sentences and paragraphs around and really focus on communicating an idea or a concept or teaching that I love. So 
that's kind of where I started. I started blogging and found that I really enjoyed it, and it kind of took off from there. Uh, the past couple of years, really more last year than anything else, I was blogging six to 12 times a day. Or not a day, a week. <laughs> uh, six to 10, 12 a week. And I would be writing articles. I would be writing about uh, current events in social media, content marketing, and uh, just sharing my knowledge. Wow. So, like today, what's your schedule for blogging? I mean, do you do you get up first and, and write um, so many paragraphs before you, you know have your morning coffee, or do you you know you just write up some some maybe some blog ideas, or kind of what's your what's your structure on how you kind of come up with your articles? Sure, and I'm, I'm glad you asked because this is something that I really encourage people to come up with. Now, the individual schedule that you keep will change and will vary from person to person. In fact, most people probably should not have the kind of writing schedule that I do. <clears throat> most of my clients, I encourage them to uh, have a set time each day, maybe an hour, half an hour, whatever, however much time they can afford to devote, and have that blocked off. It's part of their schedule and their routine every single day. Personally, I, I'm not that way. I do most of my writing on the weekends. Uh, Saturday and Sunday afternoons typically are uh, time that I have to myself. I've got a little girl. She's usually sleeping, which means my wife is usually sleeping too. Uh, so I've got a nice two or three hour block of time almost every weekend day where I can write. Uh, as, as much as I want to. Uh, so I'll sit someplace with my iPad and, and bang out maybe several articles uh, or maybe one really long article in an afternoon. So then during the week, any time that I'm spending on blogging is really publishing the work that I've already done, promoting some of that work, or if something happens on the fly, like last night's Pinterest news, you know, if I have the time and I have the interest and it makes sense, then I'll drop what I'm doing and write about that particular event. Gotcha. And we'll talk about that Pinterest news later on uh, in the show. But um, so, how do you come up with your um, art, the ideas that you get for your 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 blogging titles or ideas? I mean, because you know th that kind of will tie in later to when people come up for ideas for pins or stuff like that. How do you come up with those you know initial ideas? I mean, do you have a set aside set aside time where you're just going to brainstorm and do a brain dump on paper, or how do you do that? That's a great question because there is two different ways to do that. The first thing to understand here is that I use Evernote as my blogging system. And it's a process I've talked about a lot, and we're not going to go into too much detail about it today. But Evernote, if you've never used it, is a note-taking tool, and all of your notes live in the cloud. So you can have Evernote on your laptop, and you can have Evernote on your iPad or your iPhone, and anywhere you're at, if you have an idea or something that you want to write about, you can jump into Evernote and jot that down and that idea will be there waiting for you later when you have time to actually sit down and flush that out. So that said, I do have one single note where every once in a while I will just say, okay, I want to brainstorm some ideas. I'll go in there and I'll just start writing down ideas. And typically it's going to be questions that either I have or I think my audience might have. For instance, you know, how do I start a Facebook ad campaign? Or how do I create a board on Pinterest? Or how do I embed a Pinterest board into a blog post? These are questions that I know other people have. And if I could think of at least one other person who has that question, it's probably worth writing about it in a blog post. 
Gotcha. Um, so um, I think a lot of those you know, those steps you just gave are also great ideas if people are starting to try to come up ideas with what to pin about, what kind of images to create for their pins. That, that kind of brainstorming sequence you just gave I think would be, is really helpful. So I want to jump into the next question. You know, you use, and I know because I follow you on Pinterest, is you use it almost daily. And so what, what drew you to the Pinterest platform in the first place? And that's interesting because, again, honestly, it was probably people telling me, you need to do this. Um, I try to spend time, at least a little bit, every day on virtually every social platform, and not just the big four. I mean, I'll spend a little bit of time on StumbleUpon, a little bit of time on Dig, uh, and Instagram, and YouTube, and so on. And I do that because I think it's my professional responsibility, too. I want to be able to talk to my clients about every social platform and give them recommendations on specifically which platforms are best for them. You know, so I'm, even though I spend the most time on Google plus that may not necessarily be the number one recommendation I might have for business, depending on, on who they are and who they're trying to reach. So that's how I started on Pinterest. As a blogger, I wanted to get my content out in front of as many people as possible, and I wanted to be able to talk about all these different platforms. So I had a profile on Pinterest, and I created some boards on Pinterest and started to use it. But then I started to listen to people like yourself and Pick Fitzpatrick, and you know, who are telling me, you know, Mike, you could do a little bit better on Pinterest. You know, you could be pinning other people's stuff. You could be creating different kinds of boards. You could show some personality and have some of your own personal interesting uh, interests uh, pinning on Pinterest. Um, so that's really when my Pinterest activity took off. Mm. And I've noticed that about myself and most people on every social media platform. You start off, you're a noob, you know, you don't know what's going on. You don't really know where to use it. And frankly, you're going to use it wrong for a while. And then usually, hopefully, there's a light bulb moment where you say, oh, I could be doing this, or I could be using it this way, or I could be changing what I'm doing and using these techniques and be so much more effective in what I'm doing and what I'm getting out of the network. Um, and so that happened for me on Google+, Plus, late 2012, early 2013, and the same thing happened for me uh, earlier last year with Pinterest. Gotcha. Yeah, I think that's an incredibly uh, important point is that uh, it's especially on Pinterest. I think it's really important to share your personality. And Peg Fitzpatrick told me the same advice was to, um, you know, it's okay not just to pin, you know, if you're a marketer, not just to pin marketing stuff. In fact, one of my most popular boards is my geek board. And I know you follow it and you, and you see stuff. And it just, I think it shows my followers that I'm a real person and I have interests and they enjoy that and that connection kind of deepens when you have those personal connections. So that was a really good point. Now we're going to dive into kind of one of the biggest questions and I know especially men ask this, you know, Pinterest is most actively used in the U.S. by women. I think it's like 80% is what they're rattling around. Um, why do you think that is? Why do you think it's men are having such a hard time breaking into that? Well, that's a good question. Um, my, my gut is that it started off as a platform that really more easily catered to some of the topics that are interesting by default to women, uh, you know, fashion and, and food and, and crafting and these kinds of things, very visual, um, very personal. 
And so the culture has evolved in that direction. And again, we, we see this on every social network. There's little micro societies, little cultures that evolve and develop. And it's really hard to change them. I know Pinterest has made some new hires and they're, they're trying to change the perception. They're trying to change the use, uh, to get more men involved. Uh, and that's going to be a challenge. But the real trick here, and the same thing I tell every client, is find some things that interest you personally and make sure that's a part of your Pinterest strategy. You know, like I've got a, I've got a travel board and, and this is super easy for me. I mean, it's so easy to log into Pinterest twice a day and find beautiful pictures of exotic destinations or even domestic destinations and to pin them to my travel board because those are places I would love, honestly, to go someday. And, and if I don't see them in my stream, maybe I'll do a search. Like one day I might just do a search on castles because that's one of my goals is at some point to go to England and Europe on a, just a castle touring trip. You know, so now I'm going to be able to go into my travel board and I'm going to be able to find all kinds of pins of castles all over Europe that I can go back and see. And it's something that's personally interesting to me. And I can tell by the, the likes and the repins that at least some of my followers think they're kind of cool looking. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I think that's what men don't realize is they can really use it as a resource. It's, it's a it's a virtual pin board and men are visual. I mean, they really are. And so I think it's. Um, there's there's so many opportunities there just personally where you can if you're into barbecue pits and you're trying to research how to build your own barbecue pit you could pin tons of stuff and find great articles on how to do that yourself do it yourself is huge on Pinterest and I think more as you know Lowe's I know does it and some other big brands uh, really hits that market hard I think it's going to increase and it's not going to be such of a it's a woman's network kind of a thing um, do you think men on, so let's say you're using Pinterest for business. Do you think men are an advantage or a disadvantage on Pinterest right now? And do you see any opportunities for um, businesses there on Pinterest? Well, that's an interesting question. I, I guess I wouldn't say that men are either at a disadvantage or advantage. Um, I think potentially maybe the only advantage might be the fact that there aren't a lot of other men using it. Uh, so if you jump into Pinterest and you start uh, being active um, as a man doing, you know, manly things, um, that's a real opportunity for you to be a trendsetter. I mean, you and I know one of, one of the first mainly Pinterest shows was, um, oh, what was his name from Australia? Luke. Yeah, Luke Dean Weimar. Luke, Luke, Luke. I, yeah. He's got a million followers on Pinterest. That's incredible. I don't have a million followers anywhere. You right. combine all my social networks. I still don't have a million followers. I don't even have a quarter million followers. You know, and I am super active. And he's just out there taking incredible shots. He's, I don't know, riding sharks or something. Right. <laughs> Great pins. Um, you know, and, and he's being a trendsetter. I mean, he's, he's blazing that trail. Um, but, yeah, to get to the second part of your question, you know, can business, Pinterest be used by business? Absolutely. Um, now, again, I'll be the first to admit, it's not the best platform for every business. Right. You know, so as I'm sitting down with a client, I'm talking to them, and we're figuring out, okay, who are they, what do they do, who are they trying to reach, what can they create in terms of content and, and strategy and, and that sort of thing. Um, you know, then we figure out, okay, well, which social network or networks make the most sense? You know, and if you can't create any kind of visual assets at all, okay, well then Pinterest isn't for you. You you have to pin a picture or a video one way or another. Um, right. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Then it's it's a huge benefit. 
Well, so let's bring it. Let's bring it around to you know maybe why people even tune in. Pinterest and blogging. I mean, we all. It's it's you see it coming up in in your streams all the time, and it says that you know if you're a blogger, you need to be on Pinterest. Why is that? Two reasons, and the first reason has to do with the creation of blogs, because you kind of mentioned that before. You asked me, where do I get my ideas? Being active on a social network will give you ideas for new blog posts, and Pinterest is a perfect example. Twice a day, I jump into Pinterest, and I just start sifting through my home stream to see what other people that I'm following have pinned recently, and it never fails that somebody's gonna pin something that really jumps out at me. It might be an infograph, it might be an article that they've found, or a quote, something. And it never fails, I will get an idea for a blog post of my own based on that pin. Mm. And it might be as simple as taking the infograph and blocking about that infograph. I've done that before. You can go and grab, I mean, people create infographs for the sole purpose of having you embed them on their on your site. That's why, what they want you to do. Right. So if you take that infograph, you embed it on a blog post, and you talk about it, you summarize it, say, why is this interesting, or why is it horrible? I don't know. You can go either way on that. <laughs> uh, that's a blog post right there. And it wasn't that hard. You didn't even have to create the infograph. You just took it. Um, you just yeah, obviously you give them credit. You link back to the site where it came from because hopefully if they did it right, their name will be here at the bottom of the infograph, and you're all set. So that's the first half of, of Pinterest, and frankly, that alone should be worthwhile for any blogger because most bloggers struggle with ideas for the next blog post. Okay, so if you follow that kind of advice, you'll never have any lack of ideas. But the real big benefit is that long-term traffic. You know, so when I pin something to Pinterest, that pin lasts forever. It really does. We talk about the lifespan of a status update, okay, on social media. And, and Twitter's the one that's, that's really notorious. You know, if you share something to Twitter as a tweet, the lifespan of that tweet is currently estimated to be about 18 minutes, which means that's the half-life. So after 18 minutes, half as many people have out of – total have seen that and after 36 minutes another half and you know so with it by the end of the day it's likely that no one will ever see that tweet again and that's just the way it works facebook status updates google plus status updates linkedin status updates they're all the same they have a limited lifespan google right. plus is probably the best of those four because they'll come up and search and you know i'll have a google plus post that's months old and somebody will find it some seemingly and leave a comment Pinterest has the longest lifespan. Uh, those pins just keep getting repinned and repinned and liked over and over again. And each time one of those pins gets shared again, that's a link to your website, to your blog post, whatever it is that that pin links to, um, that somebody can click on and, and rediscover your content. Yeah, I think that that to me was the biggest thing when I first started. It was like there's all these points out there that are driving back to my, you know, my blog or website, and the you're right because I'll I'll see pins that'll I'm like I I forgot I pinned that you know I forgot I even created that image and somebody else found it and repinned it and um and it's driving traffic back to the site and and it's true I mean it's stuff's coming back and it's just that to me is the one of the biggest reasons um to you know really try to think of on about your Pinterest strategy and the best way to do it. Speaking of that, let's say I'm a blogger. I'm a new blogger, and 
I struggle. I mean, I've got to write. I mean, I'm struggling with writing. You know, like you said, it's hard to get those next articles coming out. And now I've got to come up with an image for my pen, which is just another hurdle that I've got to go. What do you? What advice would you give that person when they're trying to think? Okay, I finally got an article done, and I see this happen a lot. Is is these new bloggers will slap up any old image and throw it up on Pinterest? What advice would you give that new blogger? You know, on creating you know high quality pins. Absolutely, don't do that. <laughs> do right. not grab clip art. Do not do a Google image search and just grab the first image you see. Do not do that. And trust me, I used to do it. I was that guy. You know, I would just grab whatever image made sense. Um, you know, I, I did always use, you know, copyright-free image, royalty-free image, that kind of stuff. But still, they're just random images. And the point I'm trying to make here is if you separate your image from your blog posts, and if all I'm doing is looking at the image, will I be able to see a connection between that image and your blog posts? And if I can't, then... You need to either pick a different image or do something else. Treat that image, which I'll get to in a second. Uh, but a perfect example is last year I was still doing the random image with a blog post deal. And one of my best blog posts of all time, I hit 16,000 shares in one day of this blog post. I had an image of a crumbling foundation. And I thought this was brilliant in my mind because this is what I was talking about in my share to Google+. Plus. I was talking about crumbling foundations and whatnot. The picture has nothing to do with the post. If you look at that post today, you're looking at this picture of a house's foundation, and you're like, okay, whatever. <laughs> and if I show you that picture, you have no idea that it's tied to that blog post. Um, you know, so to this day, it's one of those things where I want to go back and fix that. And I wish I could go back in time and fix it from the beginning, but I can't. Right. So to all of you listening to me right now, pay attention. Make this change today so you don't have these regrets like I do. So, start with a great image, a picture, or an image that you can create yourself, a graphic of some kind, and add text. Have the title of your blog post or a version of the title, something that relates the content of the image to the content of your post, and have some branding on there. Your logo, your website name, your URL, something, uh, number one, so that there's a visual cue from, again, from that image to you know, who it came from. Secondly, so other people can't so easily steal your image. Okay, so I have that branding on there. So here's where Peg's going to love me because I'm going to give a shout out to Canva. I love Canva. Canva.com. And I know you do too, Jeff, but for all of you listening, if you haven't used Canva, it's a basically free online graphic creation tool. It's not just image editing. I used to use Mac Preview to edit my images. So there's a, you, you, and you can go back to my blog post. It's kind of funny. If you could see all of my images in a row, you could see when I started using Canva. You could see when I started using Mac Preview to just add some basic text, and you could see where I wasn't doing anything. Uh, so you can see the evolution of the uh, quality of my images. But with Canva, you can bring in graphics and, and colors uh, and shapes and different things. So you don't even have to use a picture if you don't want to. You can create a basic style and template mm. for your post, which is something I've been toying with a lot recently. If you look at my last, I don't know, five or six blog posts, you'll see most of them all have the same style of image. 
that's associated with them uh, with just, you know, some differences in content and textures and so on. Rebecca Radice mm. is probably, you probably agree, is probably one of the best at this, along with maybe Dustin Stout, at having a consistent style to all of her graphics. When you see one of her images, you don't have to read it. You know that can't, oh, yeah, that's that's one of Rebecca's. That's got to be one of her blog posts. Right. And, and I yeah, I think that's very important because, I mean, another person who does that is Ashley Fox out of uh, Switzerland, and you know it's his. And so, you know, one, when you become when you get on Pinterest and you are pinning consistently good content that's helpful to people, then the, and then there's another connection that's made, oh, I already know they're – I don't even almost have to click through. I know that it's good. I already know that, that Mike's sharing something good. I already know that Rebecca's sharing something good. And so, you know, number one, have great content. But number two, having that branded style of image, I think, is huge for just that almost, you know, not, don't even have to think about it, you know, connection to this person has good stuff. I know what it looks like. So. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Because we all want people who see our posts on social media to click through and read the article. We all want that. The reality is that doesn't happen. The reality is that only happens a fraction of the time. Okay, most of the people who see our status updates, you know, they move on. And then a portion of those people will plus one it or like it or share it or retweet it or repin it. And they still won't click through to it. Okay, a good number of the people who repin my pins don't actually click through the pin to the actual content. But they're repinning it because they know me or they know my content. They know what I'm sharing is quality stuff. So you do that, like Jeff said, you know, by having a reputation, by consistently putting out quality stuff. Make sure, for instance, on Pinterest, your profile pic is the same as it is everywhere else. So they can recognize you in the stream. Oh, yeah, that's Mike. I'm going to, you know. I like what he says. I like what he does. Mm-hmm. I like what Jeff puts out. I'm going to take a look, second look at that pen versus a total stranger or somebody that they don't maybe know as well. Um, so that's good branding right there. And then to get back to the images, if you get a consistent style uh, with your images, that's a huge, huge thing. So use Canva. Um, one of the trick, trickier things here is that for most of us on our blog posts, Probably the best size of an image is going to be a landscape of some kind that appears at the top of the image. Like for my posts, all of my images are 700 by 350. And unfortunately, that's not the best size for pinning. So if you can, you want to either have a larger image on your blog post or have a second image specifically for Pinterest that's taller, Uh, 600 by 900 is what most people would agree is is an ideal image uh, for Pinterest. You might even go a little bit bigger. But that portrait style as a large image, that's what's going to get people's attention on Pinterest. Right. I think also that, um, you know, Canva already has some of those those dimensions already set up for for, uh, Pinterest. And so um, that's already set up for you if you want to go there. Um, The question I was going to ask you, I know that I've seen you do – both the horizontal and vertical images. And so are there certain posts that you say, well, this one's extra special, so I'm going to make a Pinterest pin pin for? Or or how do you kind of you know, think that through in your mind? Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, I, I think about the, the article that I'm writing. Um, how important is it to me? Um, 
How much time do I have? And then lastly, how do I think that particular article is going to play on Pinterest? If you're doing this for a while, you'll start to get a feel for your Pinterest audience and what they're interested in versus other platforms. I have a pretty good idea nowadays how an article is going to fly on Pinterest versus, say, Google Plus versus, say, Twitter. Uh, it's frankly, usually a little bit easier for me because if I'm writing about one of those platforms, it's going to do really well on that platform. Um, but you know, if I'm writing about blogging in general, which I often do, you know, that those, those are the kinds of posts where I'll, I'll give it some thought. So one of the tricks that I'll do and, and that Canva has made so much easier for me is I'll create an infograph. But I've got a blog post coming out hopefully next week about how I use Canva to create an infograph. And believe me, if I can create an infograph in Canva, you can create an infograph in Canva because I have zero design skills, none. I am awful at graphic design. But Canva's made it so easy, and I don't mean to be this <laughs> thing to turn this into the Canva commercial show, um, but uh, I really believe in that particular product. And, and most people will know you know, me by reading my stuff. If I believe in something, I'm going to share it with you. Um, so this has really helped me. It's helped me with my blog posts, with my Google Plus, and it's really helped me tremendously on Pinterest. Creating some infographs, if you can, that tie into the blog post that, that you're writing. And if you can't create an infographic, create a tall graphic. And if you have to keep that separate from the blog post, you can. But if you can create a different graphic and embed that into the blog post, that's going to make your Pinterest strategy all that much more effective. And there's one other tip I wanted to share here about that too. If you can add multiple images into your blog post, have one at the top, but have one or two other ones down below that obviously relate to the blog post and help you know, explain something, that's so perfect for Pinterest because you can pin each one of those images separately and not look repetitive on Pinterest. Right. That's the problem we have on Facebook and Google Plus. You know, if I wrote an article today, this morning, and I want to share it again midday, and I want to share it again this evening, it's going to look really hard. It's it's going to be hard for me to not look repetitive on those platforms. Uh, Pinterest, that's no that's no problem at all. Pin those pins. Yeah, and I, I know that's a strategy that I've seen uh, both Peg Fitzpatrick and Rebecca Radish use is that they'll go back to old old blog posts and actually change up the image and repin it to their the board that it has to do with and I and I think that's genius because that brings it great I mean to a whole other audience who hadn't seen it before and it doesn't look like you're just repinning the same pin all the time it's actually a different image now it does take more work but I think the payoffs for that is huge so hey I want to go real quick we have some uh, some questions from our audience uh, Mike that I would like you to to you know maybe chime in on number one is uh, from Mo Bloggy um, how much time do you spend on Pinterest a week that is so a how, great question. And, and I think, Jeff, you and I are almost identical because I know I'm almost always on Pinterest five minutes after you uh, or five minutes before you. So we're always seeing each other's pins. So we do the same thing. Every morning, every evening, without fail, we are on Pinterest for really just five or ten minutes. So that's seven days a week, ten to twenty minutes a day. That's not a huge time commitment. Now, there is some set up and some maintenance that you're going to do up front and every once in a while. You've got to create boards. And those boards need to be, frankly, fairly specific. You know, when I started off, I had a social media board. Okay, well, that was kind of 
dumb. Um, you know, <laughs> I mean, I was just, it was just a new mistake. Um, it's just too vague. People are interested in a social media board. They're interested in Google Plus resources. They're interested in Instagram resources. They're interested in, interested in Pinterest resources. So that's how I set up my boards once I had a clue about how Pinterest really works. Um, so the more specific and, and detailed you can get your boards and what you're putting in there, the more likely you are to get followers, frankly. Uh, and the easier it is for you to decide if you're looking at a pin that's interesting, well, which board do you put it in? Now you, now you know. Uh, so that's how much time I spend. Yeah, I actually have a social media board, by the way. But I, I do have the other ones, too. But that's kind of my general one. So I still have, I still have that. Here's another question by uh, Laura B. Williams uh, in our live audience. She says, because some of my accounts that I manage are sensitive, I read everything. The other thing is that I double-check pins to make sure they link to something that makes sense to the graphic. Why? Because everything I place online has a reflection on my reputation. That's huge. I think, you know, that that's one of the, and I made that mistake when I first started as well, is I'd see something and pin it. Well, a lot of that would be spam to go buy a product or something, you know, and so there is spam on Pinterest that you, you have to look out for, but Laura is totally right that you need to check those links to make sure they're looking good. And that's, and you know, and also because Laura always pins great stuff, you know, people expect that from her, and if something happened, they were like, why, why did she pin that? And so... Very good point, Laura. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, another thing, Mike, you said that, you know how much time you spend on Pinterest. I spend about the same amount of time, but I spend a lot of time reading articles because there's so many you jump <laughs> off spots to some great, you know, some great uh, resources on Pinterest. So I, I I spend less amount of time on Pinterest, but I do spend a lot of time reading everything. So here's That's another um, here's another uh, question from our audience. Um, good tips. This is from Kathleen Russell. Good tips on how to integrate your blogs into Pinterest. Love Canva. Need to figure out a little bit more. Um, and hopefully we'll have somebody from Canva on here sometime. And here's her question. What could Pinterest be doing to make it more manly? Do they discuss this strategy? It's always been a joke that men are more visual, but Pinterest appears to be targeting women. Well, I think, and you can chime in too, Mike, I think that they really are trying to strategize to get more men on the U.S. I think overseas it's a little more equal, but here in the U.S., if you notice uh, Pinterest lately, their new videos, most of those all were about men, you know, looking at beard boards and working on their motorcycles. So I, th I think that's kind of happen happening. What do you think? Yeah, and it's funny because, like I was saying before, um, there's a culture that has evolved. And, and to answer Catherine's you know, first question, did they discuss the strategy? Oh, yeah. Uh, they just hired the former uh, marketing director, I guess, of Axe. Uh, at least he was responsible for the Axe commercials and Axe campaigns. Um, so he's, you know, a, a ladies' man kind of a guy. And, and they're hoping that he can bring some added or new energy and some different ideas uh, to their marketing campaigns. I don't know. I, I don't know if that's going to really work because there's a culture there and really when it gets down to it pinterest isn't for men or for women it's just a tool that's right. up to us to decide how we're going to use it um so if i mean i guess if pinterest wants more men to use pinterest then you know ad campaigns and awareness campaigns and those kinds of things you know may help but ultimately it's up to men to realize this is a tool that they can use. This is a tool that they can enjoy and have fun with. And it doesn't necessarily mean looking at a stream of makeup tips and, and you know, press on nails. Uh, they could be looking at streams of gadgets and, and travel pictures and food 
you know, manly food. <laughs> you know? Right. I, I saw what I see yesterday. The uh, I saw somebody barbecuing over some kind of molten steel pit. I mean, it was just crazy. And they're like, right. you know, putting steaks on this thing. I mean, it doesn't get any more manly than that. That's right. That's right. And then, you know, I saw recently they had a big Darth Vader helmet um, barbecue, which I thought was really cool. Um, so let's let's talk about what's happening now that just came out yesterday. Um, if you're listening to this uh, later, that Pinterest just came out with messaging. Um, it's a pretty big deal. I was on Kelly Lieberman's pin chat last night, and that's all they talked about. Um, so there's a lot of excitement behind this, a lot of uh, some, some cool ideas coming out of it. Before Pinterest, that was one of the things that people say, it's not really social. I mean, you could use comments, but, you know, half the time the comments wouldn't work right. I remember one time I tagged Mike, and it turned into Mike Damien Alton, and I thought his head was going to spin around, and he's going to start throwing up green stuff. But So they need to fix that. But this new messaging thing seems like it's really going to help that social layer. Um, I'm pretty excited about it. I think think it's part of what Pinterest was missing. What do you think, Mike? Oh, I couldn't agree more, um, particularly about the comments thing. I don't particularly like being called Mike Damien Alton. Um, and, and, yeah, and it's it's always been a little bit of a shame that, you know, we're spending time on Pinterest, we're following each other, we're, we're, we're finding new people, and we're not really able to engage with those people, if at all, very clumsily, you know, with the comments being what they are. And and I know you've sent me pins in the past, and I'd love to be able to just respond to that pin and say, hey, thanks, Jeff, or why the heck did you send this to me? Because right. uh, there's no context to it. And that's what's been fixed. You know, we can now send pins back and forth with each other. We can send pins to multiple people, and we can add text and have a conversation. So I talked about that in an article today about how this is a lot like Google Plus Hangouts, uh, there's no video aspect, but you can have a perpetual hangout, a perpetual chat discussion going on that you can just jump back into whenever you need to with one or more people. Uh, and that's where real communication, dialogue, and collaboration can happen. Yeah, they were talking on the pin chat last night, even having, you know, especially brands could have a VIP where they send out messages to certain people who follow a certain board. I mean, they're, they're just... I think there's just so many opportunities there, um, and you mentioned in your article today, um, and we'll make sure we put that in the show notes, is that um, you know one of the things that bloggers can collab- collaborate on an article, um, mm-hmm. you know businesses can work together and and visually plan you know some strategy. So I think it's a kind of a kind of a big deal, especially for people who are already on Pinterest. Oh yeah, yeah, and, that, and like I said the collaboration thing is a big deal because I'm trying to work more and more with other bloggers on coming up with really great ideas for blog posts. Like you probably know Jason Frasca. He's, he's an Evernote consultant. Right. He initially written a book on Evernote. Uh, you know, so I've written a book on Hootsuite. He's written a book on Evernote. So let's blog together. So we're actually working on uh, a blog post and, and it's going to be, you know, how you can use Evernote and Hootsuite together. And, you know, doesn't really apply to this particular topic, but if you've got a topic where there are pins out there that support what you're writing about, you could be sending pins back and forth. You could be saving those pins uh, to a secret board that's a private board that nobody else can see, but that you can jump into and refer back to those pins later uh, and really you know, hone and develop that idea uh, into a really powerful blog post. Yeah, I think it's it's going to be it's just going to be neat to see how this and how companies use this uh, coming up in the future. Uh, one thing I, I forgot to ask you that I wanted to make sure uh, to to talk about is it important for bloggers to be um, 
active on you know group boards. I mean, a lot of people are on group boards, and you, you can get a bigger audience that way. Is that important for a new blogger to when they first start out to be um, kind of looking for maybe some group boards they can ask to join or join some open ones? What do you think about that? Yeah, and here's the thing. You're partly spot on in that the group boards are really important, really great opportunities for you to expand your reach, meet other people, uh, engage, and now collaborate with those people. Uh, but the caution that I'd give you is if, if you're a new blogger, don't push it. Uh, you know, don't try to force yourself into a group board. Um, and, and this is really, frankly, the same on every social network. You know, when, when you're meeting people on Google Plus or Facebook or Twitter, you don't want to be too pushy. You know, you don't want to ask people to retweet you and they don't know who you are. You don't want to ask people to share your stuff on Google Plus and they've never had a conversation with you before in their lives. And definitely do not send me requests to get into my group boards if you've never pinned any of my stuff or commented on my pins or made any attempt to get to know me. So I don't know you. I don't know what you're pinning. I don't know if you're going to be sharing quality pins with the board or just spamming it. So that first step, that first critical step is to be sharing great content and using that to create relationships and allowing those kinds of things to develop a little organically. Um, you know, once you've done that for a while and you've got some relationships with people and you see that they've got a good group board, well, then, you know, talk to them about it. Uh, yeah, but, but that's not the first step. Gotcha. All right. As we wrap this up, I wanted to I wanted to kind of kind of circle back and say, okay, what advice would you give to a, a new blogger starting out on to max how to maximize Pinterest? And you talked about, you know, right right now is not to push yourself on group boards. You know, you want to have really good um, images. What else would you add to that list of a new blogger? You know, here's what I tell you to get really going on Pinterest. Well, we talked about the need to have a diverse set of boards. For right. one, you want to have boards that apply to your blogging topic and be specific. You know, so for instance, I talked about social media and internet marketing, but I've got a blog on blogging, I've got a blog on you know Google Plus and a blog on Pinterest resources and so on. So I, I got fairly specific there. I've got a blog on email marketing. And as a new blogger, what you don't want to necessarily do is have 15 boards that are empty. So start off with some of these as secret boards. And you can begin to populate these secret boards with pins and then make them public once you feel like they're kind of ready for public consumption. And maybe that's only four pins or maybe that's 20. That's going to be up to you and the topic. Um, but that way you can have a strategy in place that isn't necessarily revealed to the world before you're ready for them to see what you're doing. Gotcha, gotcha. Great advice, Mike. I mean, really great advice. You know, for all you guys watching, I still would love for you guys to go over to manlypinteresttips.com and sign up for uh, being part of our email community. You can, you know, find out when the next show is. Um, for our next show, we've actually got Vincent Ng, who's going to be on next week, and he is an incredible Pinterest strategist. Um, he's really good with Pinterest SEO, so we're going to really pick his brain and have a really great time with him next week. But, Mike, before we go, I want you to tell us where we can find you and, uh, you know, kind of what you're working on right now. Sure. Well, I'm on Pinterest, obviously, Pinterest.com forward slash Mike Alton. And uh, if you really want to have a, a great conversation with me, hit me up on Google Plus, plus Mike Alton. Uh, that's where I am at, obviously, all day, every day. And uh, what I'm working on right now, uh, as you know, Jeff, is we're working on a blogging course. Uh, so later this year, we will have a full online course available for anyone who wants to either get into blogging or take their blogging to the next level. So 
certainly we'll have more to share with on that uh, later on this year. That's awesome, Mike. Thank you so much again for being here, and um, we'll make sure all those links are on in the show notes, and I hope you guys will show up, show up next time for the Manly Pinterest Tip Show, where we're adding testosterone one pin at a time. See you next time, everyone. Thanks for watching. Thank you for joining Jeff on his mission to help you be successful in the Pinterest world. Would you like to take part in a live show? Be sure to join Jeff's email community at manlypinteresttips.com. Adding testosterone, one pin at a time.